Uh, today we're focusing on being a child of God, and we'll foc- uh, particularly look at the passage in chapter 3. Before this series started, Maggie shared, and it was timely really, because uh, she had something upon her heart and had planned for her to speak, but it got delayed, and uh, then it, she ended up sharing, and the topic that she shared on was adoption. And Gary um, really openly shared as well, and it was great to hear his story. Uh, so that happened just before this series started. Today we're in chapter 3, and chapter 3 is really the adoption chapter of John. And it's, it's really timely in that way, and what it means to be a child of God. If you jump down to verse 10 in 3.10, this is the verse that we'll finish on today. Did you notice there, there's pretty stark contrast, isn't there, between being a child of God and being a child of the devil. Now, John doesn't pull any punches there, does he? He doesn't mince any words. And maybe it's because he's getting older and in age and he doesn't have much time left. But it is uh, his word to us today. And maybe uh, he is the lasting survivor of one who witnessed and walked and talked with Jesus. And he wants us to hear what it means to be labelled as a child of God. But it has a contrast here, a child of the devil. Um, and what it means to be a child of the God, and not only labelled that, actually being a child of God. One is an enormous privilege that is to be held onto and to cling to today. One is an uh, enormous peril to be a child of the devil. But there is hope that... Each child, each one can be born again, born anew, which is really the message of John, isn't it? Now, our partners, as we shared, they believe this, and our partners who are using music as a vehicle for uh, sharing a message, they have been doing recently, so I'm just going to share a little story of them of recent times. They're in a place where we can't be and can't go at this time, or we we could uh, go, but it might be a little bit expensive to get there. And uh, they're using music to reach people groups and languages that don't have a witness or much of a Christian witness. And actually writing Christian songs and releasing them into platforms where people will find them. And it's one of the great things of a song that's just been written and our mission partner just went away to outer country to do some recording with some other people who speak these other languages. And one of the songs which we, that I've seen and I looked on on that feed just last week was these words. We are the children, the children of God. That's in Sharpop and I don't know if that's how you say it, but that's a language I don't know and it's a language that hasn't actually got Christian um, much Christian music or a little Christian music in it. So this is exciting things that are happening, that people can find out and what it means to be a child of God even through music. Let me pray for us now as we focus our thoughts on that and bring our hearts before God. Dear Lord God, we thank you so much that we can look at and we can hear these words of being a child of God, that you are so generous that you have made way for us to be brought into your family. And Father God, we pray that you instill that on our hearts today, that we'll hear what you have to say to us as your children, 
And we'll listen with intent ears, but not only listen, we'll be eager to obey what you have for us. And we ask by the, this by the power of your Holy Spirit and your work in us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Excellent. So, John and 1 John. The Apostle John starts at the beginning, which he does like he does in the Gospel. He talks about light, he talks about love, he talks about life. Uh, they're the three big L's that he has in chapter 1. We find out about the life, uh, the light in chapters 3 and 4, which we'll look at 3 today, is the kind of love chapters, and then the fifth chapter is really about the life. So it's a letter of love, it's a love letter, it's a letter of life, and it's a letter of light in those terms. Light that shines into a dark world, and it says that in, in, in chapter 1, that God is light, it states that. Love for God and for one another in this fellowship that we can have together over and above love of the world, chapter 2. But in chapter 4, it says that God is love. It states that there as well. In chapters 5, um, lives that overcome the world into eternal life. And if you have the Son, guess what? You have life. And that's chapter 5. Now our lives and lives reveal who we are, whether we are children of the light or children of the darkness, a child of God or a child of the devil, as John states it. And maybe the idea or the illustration that helps us is a tree. A tree reveals its fruit, doesn't it? As it grows and matures, the fruit that comes. Now, that used to be simple. Now we have these grafted graftings and you know we have these citrus trees, fruit salad citrus trees, which has three different grafts on it, and you get an orange and a mandarin and a lemon or something. Um, but you know a tree, right, by its fruit and the fruit that it brings. And our lives reveal the fruit um, in that way. So if you're a child of God, our lives reveal the fruit of love and the Spirit. Um, and the fruit of the Spirit is, isn't it, love. It starts off with love, joy, peace, and those, those things. And living and loving as a child of God, we'll look at more intensely when we get to chapter 4. Young Zach will be sharing that and opening up chapter 4 with us in the second half of chapter 3. But today our focus is in the first half of chapter 3. Before we get there, I want to tell you about another John. So that's John the Apostle who writes. But John Christosotum. I heard about him. Well, he was a little uh, 250 years kind of later than John himself, and he was uh, known as uh, the Golden Mouth, a great preacher in the years he went to be with the Lord in 407. And uh, he was a man who stood up against authority abuse. As I said, he was a great preacher. One of the sermons he preached was about bringing up children, which he encourages people to find a great biblical name and teach you, you know, name your child, teach them the story, keep telling them the story until that, you know, they live into it and it inspires them and they understand a, a someone of faith. And that was his great encouragement to people in the 400s or, or in the 300s, really late 300s. But we've got to keep our 
looking at the scriptures to define who we are and actually to inspire us how to live and to grow in godliness and to be a godly person. So let's do that right now as uh, we dive in and look at verses 1 to 3 particularly. And this idea that really comes up here is a privilege of being a child of God. How privileged we are to be a child of God. And we're going to start with origin. Um, not state of origin, that was this week, NRL. But beginning with origins, as John does, and talks about the beginning. It's often you know, mentioned in his, his talk that's very John-like. But thinking about our state of origin or our state of being, uh, we are human beings. Uh, that's the state that we are in and what it, what it is being a human being. I'm sounding very ph- philosophical here, aren't I? Uh, but that's very Johannine. He, he speaks kind of philosophical. But all human beings find their origin really in God. God who is Father, Creator, Giver of Life. The truth and the reality. All human beings have a, they are a paternal child in the sense that God is the Father of Life. But not all human beings are children of God, so to speak. Not all of them know the Heavenly Father and know His fatherhood. So let's just talk about that briefly because there's the paternal, the physical father, but there's also the relational father versus fatherhood. So some humans or some people... All of us, all of us have a paternal uh, father, uh, a physical father, but not all of us may have relationship with that paternal father. Not all of us may know and have known our father and his fatherhood. And when uh, we know our father, we know relationship, and we know the privilege of what it is to be a child. It's a little bit like this. If you're JFK Jr., you get to play in your father's office and explore things and the Oval Office becomes a little bit of yours for some of the time. You have privileges as a child of God and as a child of a president, you have some privileges as well. Checking out the desk and sorts of things. Another photo of them, the children dancing in the Oval Office. You may have seen. Anyone seen that one? No? Check it out sometime. But anyway, let's have a look at verses 1 to 3. It says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends... Now we are children of God, and what we will has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. The Father has lavished his love on his children, and... The love that we see um, is lavished. It's, it's huge. It's extravagant. And I don't know what image helps you to think of that or what you think of when you think of lavished love. 
Maybe if you're a chocolate lover, any chocolate lovers here? Maybe thinking about being surrounded by chocolate, lots of it. Uh, those of you who are younger or may have seen Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, those kids that are playing in chocolate fountains and those kind of things, they're lavished on with chocolate, aren't they? The love of the Lord is lavished on those that know him and know his fatherhood. And that love is defined, it's sacrificial, it's self-giving, it's, it's um, other-oriented. And we see that in verse 16, that it says, how, this is how we know the love, uh, what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. That's how we know what love is. That's how it's defined. Now that's 1 John 3.16. That's another 3.16, a good memory verse, right? There's lots of 3.16 memory verses. Check them out. If you find another one, tell me. Okay? A 3.16. There's 1 John 3.16, a great verse that reminds us and defines what love is for us. The great truth is that a child of God has the privilege of knowing the Father and feeling his love and knowing and feeling the hope that he gives. So love and hope a hope in him that he is uh, that when he appears, uh, we will be transformed. And I don't know if you notice there, it, it talks about um, him appearing. And so, actually, it speaks just before this passage as well in verses, at the end of chapter two, verse twenty-eight. It says, "And now, dear children, continue in him, so that when he appears, we may." Be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. His second coming it's talking about there. And then in verse 2 of chapter 3, it reminds us of him coming and the hope that we have in him coming and being transformed to be like him. A great hope that children of God have. Uh, that hope was something that this man had, Timothy Keller, a week before he went to be with the Lord, I shared about his book on forgiveness when we started this series. And just recently, uh, he went to be with the Lord. He has many great Christian books. Timothy Keller, if you know him, if you've read one of his books. Anyone read one of his books? No, he's, he's written lots of them. And uh, he is kind of a giant, I suppose, in the evangelical world. And uh, the pastor and leader was of Redeemer Church and a church planning movement as well. He had pancreatic cancer, but he had this hope. And in May 2023, he went to be with the Lord uh, with this hope in mind. Now, in his one of his final email exchanges that he had with John, uh, John Piper, I just saw a little clip of him sharing the email that they had and the exchange that they had. And they were talking about Luke 10 together over email and kind of reminiscing and reveling in the fact of how good it is not to rejoice in the amazing things you do. And those two men are pretty significant men in the evangelical world. But how important it is to have your name written in heaven. And if you remember, the disciples come back to Jesus after he sent the 72 out, and they say, Lord, even the demons, the spirits submitted to us. And he says to them, don't, don't focus on, don't rejoice in the power that you had, but the privilege that you have. Your names are written in heaven. An encouragement to us of the privilege that we have 
and the hope that we have, our names are written in heaven. Now we have our own author here. Did you know we have an author? Not quite as famous as Timothy Keller, but Graham Hellier has written a little booklet. And do you know what his booklet is entitled? I am a child of the Most High God, you can be too. And I'm sure he'd, I'll lend this, this copy to you, that if you want to read about it, um, I'm sure he'll be happy for you to hear some of his stories and his encouragement of that as well. The privilege we have as children of God is that we have his love and know his love and we have his hope. But with that privileges goes responsibilities as well. And we're going to turn to that as we move to the second part of this passage. Talks about purifying yourself in verse 3, which I covered, but we'll reread in a moment. But purified um, is the status of children of God. They've already been purified. Purified, that last remained, uh, that it remains, it remains unchanged because of what Jesus has done. And this is the great truth, and this is the great um, truth of the gospel, that when we come to Jesus, we are fully purified. And so John reminds them of this, of talking about being born again, and our born-again status, which means that we are purified permanently. That's your status, if you trust in Jesus. Um, Did you notice there, have a look in verse 29 of chapter 2. If we know, if you know, that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right is also born of him. And again, he talks about being born of God in verse 9. It says, No one who is born of God will continue in sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. And so when you've been birthed or born of God, you're a new person, a new creation, as 2 Corinthians 5 talks about as well. And as we are reminded of in John's Gospel, in John 3, that you must be born again of spirit. He also talks about, um, in, this, in this section, about Jesus appearing for the first time, not the second time, what he did to appear the first time to achieve this purification verse 5 which reminds us of verse 5 but you know that he appeared the first time his first appearance first coming was that he might take away our sin and also in verses 8 which reminds us that he who does what is sinful is of the devil because devil has been sinning from the beginning um this, re- this reason the Son of God appeared. Uh, he appeared the first time and he appeared to destroy the devil's work. And so the great truth of those that put their trust in Jesus is that you're purified before God. And when God looks at us as children, he sees his son Jesus. And he sees us through those eyes. But there's also a, a purification um, or which I'll lastly say about purification, a permanent status, is kind of like Australian citizenship, but citizens of heaven. And uh, we are purified by the blood of Jesus, it says in chapter 1, verse 7. So that's purified our permanent status when we trust in him. Good news. 
But there's also a purifying that's happening, which is the process. And this purifying process has little by little, every day, Jesus is changing me. Sorry, that's a Colin song. But have a look in verses, from verses 3 to 10 as I read verses 3 again. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies themselves just as he is pure. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that, you might, that he might take away our sins. And in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has ever seen him or knows him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has become born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother or sister. Pretty radical, isn't it? Pretty stark, pretty cut and dry from John. And it's a call for us to be radical in our privileges and the responsibility we have of being a child of God. To radically remove sin that comes in or sin that is currently in our life. And a call to purify ourselves. Verse 6, you can't continue on in sin. Verse 9, we'll not continue in sin. And so that's the call that Paul writes in his letter to the Colossians. You know, there's clothes that you need to take off and clothes that you need to put on. In Ephesians, he'll remind them to put on, put off certain ways and behaviors. Uh, Put off the sin. And here we're called to cut out habitual sins, whether it's uh, of a sexual nature, whether it's of a slanderous nature of our words, Uh, whether it's of uh, material nature of lust of the world and the things of the world, whether it's online or whether it's in person. A call and a challenge here as we finish uh, to radically address sin that may be in our life. Because that's not who you are. You're a purified child of God if you're trusting in Him. So I want to encourage you as we finish now and give you a little time to contemplate that. Because there might be other distractions, smells of barbecue, (laughs) rain and my clothes on the line, whatever it is, other distractions. But I want you to actually think of what Jesus is saying to you about whatever sin might be in your life and what he is asking you to cut out. So I want you to actually close your eyes if that is helpful to you and I want to encourage us all to do that. To close your eyes and to listen to what Jesus is saying. What sin is the Spirit of God bringing to light in your life right now? What clothes is He asking you to put off? He may be asking you to put certain things on. 
What purifying does Jesus want to do to you and do for you this morning? Listen to him, ask him, and pray to him right now in your heart in the time that you have to be still before him. Lord Jesus, there's sin in our life that we stumble into sometimes, sometimes we run into, sometimes we play around in it. And we ask, Lord, the things that you have addressed and put upon our heart by your Spirit this morning and right now, we want to ask that you'll work in us and deal with those things. And thank you so much, Jesus, that you have a life which we read here today, which was without sin. And you are the one who has paid for and purified us. And Lord, we don't want to play around in the mess and the dirt of those things anymore. We want to be your children who live in the light, in the purity of what you have called us and made us to be. So Lord God, we ask that you will help us to be radical. Radical in the things that you have brought upon our life into our minds right now and listen to your spirit and be so courageous to do what you say and to make steps towards purifying ourselves before you. Lord Jesus, thank you that you have dealt with every sin, past, present, and even the future that we might stumble into. And that you have dealt with that by the blood the blood that is shed on the cross, which we're reminded of in, in chapter 1. And thank you so much of what it means to be a child of you, Lord God, to have your love lavished upon us and to have a hope of a future that can never perish, spoil or fade. Kept for us as your children. What a privilege. What an amazing grace. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. As you continue to think after those things and what the Lord has been putting upon your heart, we're going to finish by singing.